you know, there were other cartoons that were coming and going and stuff. So when Wings Club came around, I was really enthralled by the, the freshness of the show. You know, hey, you got these magic girls going to a school, you know, learning to enhance their powers or fighting witches. You know, the, the, the whole concept uh, was just right for the time. Hey there, welcome to the Winx Forever podcast. Join creator, host, and lifelong Winx fan, Lola Valentine, as she invites you to take a deep dive into the very cool universe of Winx Club. So whether you've been a Winx fan since 2004, or you vaguely remember the show from your childhood, or even if you've just been introduced to it for the first time, welcome. This is the Winx Forever podcast. Welcome to the Winx Forever podcast. I'm your host, Lola Valentine. And this week, man, we are coming to a close on season two of the Winx Forever podcast. And I'm just so excited for the guest for the next two episodes um, is none other than Michael from Michael's Winx Club, the legendary Winx fan site and the first American Winx fan site. Um, and I so enjoyed my conversation with Michael and I hope that you enjoy it as well. Um, I apologize in advance for my audio. Um, for some reason, past Lola did not check her mic settings. And so um, there are moments where it sounds a little rough, but um, I hope you will bear with it because the content of the conversation is absolutely amazing. And I just can't thank Michael enough for his time. Um, and it was just such a joy to have him on. So I hope you enjoy. friends and welcome back to Winx Forever podcast. I'm your host Lola Valentine and today I'm joined by a very special friend, the creator of the very popular Winx Club fan site Michael's Winx, Michael Grant himself. Wow, thank you so much for being on the show today and happy early birthday. My pleasure. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. <laughs> Good, absolutely. Um so now for the newer Winx fans for um, maybe you've joined the fandom in the past couple of years. Um, just a little background. Uh, you might not know who Michael is, but his name is legendary. <laughs> um, he made a fan site um, that you created uh, literally just six days after the very first episode premiered in the U.S., that's right. Um, <laughs> and that ran up until the website's retirement in 2019. Um, so, wow, 15 years 15 of years. that. Yes. I mean, that that is a feat. That is awesome. Um, and this fan site, I mean, Michael wrote like articles of the latest Winks news, all of the happenings, um, as well as like new um, like Winks archives of just every Winks event worldwide, um, a character list of all the voice actors, and oh my gosh, just so much more. The site was massive. Um, do you remember roughly like how many pages you had on the website itself? Oh my gosh. I don't know that I ever counted the pages. I think I was counting the number of images, and I think I had something like 45,000 oh or some ridiculously gosh. large number. And I still had easily another thousand images or so of merchandise that I just never had time to add to the yeah. site. 
So yeah, I had a, had a pretty good backlog, and yeah, I tried to you know update it like every day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hey, you know, if Michael's Winx Club like posted about it, I mean, it was legit. It was real. You know, like I, you were a major source of like where I got a lot of my Winx news, especially like when I was reporting in the forums and on the magazine. So like, thank you for your service to this fandom. Like Aww, it's, it was amazing. <laughs> it was fun. I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, you know, creating a website nowadays, it seems like a piece of cake, you know, but, but back then, you know, I was coding a notepad. You know, I was writing the HTML code manually, you know, oh, and, I, and I didn't know how to do any of that. I was visiting other sites, looking at their source code and everything I learned was all self-taught. Oh my so, gosh. In the beginning. Yeah. It was a really lot. It was a lot of work. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and you can see like, just even going back um, and like looking at the archives of the website, um, like it's just like amazing because you can really see like the care and attention and like love you put into the site. So really like from the bottom of my heart and like on behalf of like the entire Wingscope community, like you are a legend and you like really like are just um, so so awesome for doing that for so long for the fandom. Oh, you're too um, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get too deep um, into really like your origins of the website and all that um i'd love to give our listeners just a chance to really get to know you and your winkster history um so really let's start with like how did you start watching winks club like what attracted you to the show and like how did you kind of find out about it all right so i was already watching cartoons i mean growing up in the 80s we were watching cartoons all the time it was just something i never outgrew so when I saw card captors for the first time, it really got me into, oh my God, this is amazing. You got the monster of the week theme. And it was, it was, uh, it really got me into it so much. I was like, I wanted to build a website for it. And that's how it really got me started in the yes. whole uh, web creation um, genre, if you will. And so it made me want to learn and, you know, really get into it. And so the more, the more I learned, you know, the, the better I got and the more I could make. And so several years later, you know, you're watching cartoons on, you know, after work or Saturday morning, whatever. And, you know, th this commercial comes up, I think it was on the Fox box back then. Uh, and the first commercial I think I saw was Flora. She was watering her pet plant that had these great big lips. And then all of a sudden uh, you see Techno all wrapped up in the closet. And I'm just dying on the floor laughing. It's so, it was so hilarious. And then um, Veronica Taylor, who's a big uh, voice actress, uh, you know, she did Ash and Pokemon and a whole bunch of other character stuff. Mm -hmm. She was doing the narrations of those commercials. So it like quickly got my attention. And so uh, back then when I was doing, you know, screenshots for cartoons and stuff, it was hard to do them live. And so I was always putting in the VHS tape, so this is how old we are, right? Putting in the VHS tape and recording the whole thing so I could go back and capture what I needed or record WAV files for commercials and things like that. And so I was able to go back and watch those first commercials over again. And it was essentially introduction to the characters. And there was another one where they showed uh, Techna where she had the bucket on her head and holding the mop like a staff. And I'm just cracking up. So I was like, yeah, this is something to check out for sure. Yeah, amazing. Do you still have those VHS tapes? They're probably 
plastic storage somewhere. <laughs> a lot of them, you know, you record, you know, over again once you got what you needed versus going out and buying more. Yeah, this is long yeah. before DVR for you, you know, you younglings out there. DVR, there was no streaming. Um, we we had to rough it. We really That's did. Right. That's right. <laughs> Incredible. Um, do you remember, so the first thing that you saw anything Winx Club related, the first like piece of merchandise that you ever got? I think the first thing that I ever got, and I pulled it out of the archives here, is this 100 piece puzzle. For, you know, for ages five through eight. Yes. <laughs> so Absolutely. I believe this was the first thing I found. And there's actually two versions, one with the girls in their costume and then one in their everyday clothes. And so I got them kind of like at the same time. But this was like probably the first thing uh, that I ever saw. I love it. Oh my gosh. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, From Mattel. Back in the day. <laughs> oh, Mattel. Back in the day. Oh, yeah. what a time. Um, and what about just the Winx Club, like the fandom, the show, like what about it kept you engaged for gosh, for so long that, I mean, kept you like writing on your site and like being a part of this community. So back then, if you remember, you know, Pokemon was really big uh, and whatnot. And so, you know, you would see those all the time. And, you know, there were other cartoons that were coming and going and stuff. So when Wings Club came around, I was really enthralled by the, the freshness of the show. You know, hey, you got these magic girls going to a school, you know, learning to enhance their powers or fighting witches. You know, the, the, the whole concept uh, was just right for the time. You know, like it kind of filled a void we didn't know was there. And then it was there. It was like, oh, my God, that's my that's my whole world. So I remember there was one Saturday morning, I was recording, you know, the episodes, I go back and capture screenshots later. And I'm, I'm literally in my room folding my bed. <laughs> and I hear Musa talking. I was like, Oh, my God, wait a minute. That's Lisa Ortiz's voice. And so that like immediately got my attention. And so for those that don't know, Lisa Ortiz, you know, fabulous. She's legendary. Actress. Absolutely. Uh, Almost as legendary as Michael himself. That's right. Yeah. Lena Inverse from Slayers. So in Wings Club, Lisa Ortiz, this is the original version. She voiced uh, Musa, Icy, Mitzi, and Digit. Yep. So, you know, she was really well uh, involved. And so that really got my attention <laughs> when I heard that for the first time. And what was really great about Wings Club in particular was that I could personally relate to all five girls. Oh, so yeah. if you take Bloom, for example, you're all around friendly person, uh, you know, willing to help somebody else. You've got Stella, who's the shopper, love shopping. You got Flora, who's the nature person. And I was in Boy Scouts for 10 years, so the camping, the hiking uh, and all that. We had Techno for technology and I work in IT. And of course, Musa, the musician, and I'm a musician. I play multiple instruments too. So I could relate nice. to all of them. And that was freaking awesome. And then later on, when they introduced Layla, Aisha, you know, that was the sports element because I played soccer and volleyball and, you know, I was active like that. So I could relate to all of them. And like, you know, how often does that happen? Like never, right? You know, it wasn't just that you had one favorite character because you could actually relate to all of them. Absolutely, man. And I feel like that's something that, I mean, everyone can relate to with this show that there is literally something 
for everybody. Like, I mean, okay. and not even in just the girls, but like, then we have like, you know, all of the, all the guys over at Red Fountain, we have like the goth kids over in Cloud Tower. It's like, right. you know, like there's literally like, I mean, it hit on everything. Like if you like fantasy, if you like sci-fi, like it had so many different elements that like, I mean, like you said, like it filled a void that we didn't right. know we needed at the time. Um, and I love that quote, like, because it's so true. Um, and yeah, and I think that, yeah, a lot of people were drawn to it for, for similar reasons. So I love that so much. So your website, like you didn't just do um, wing sculpt websites too. You said you were into card capture and like you had like the over the, the overall, like Michael's favorites page right. and then you had the different like all of your favorite things right um, yeah. yeah it was like I created my own network if you will you know so I had a website for Gundam Wing I had a website for uh Jackie Chan Adventures you know it was just yeah just things that we enjoyed and then later on I made some for like the original Super Friends Herculoids yes. like the older ones that I you know grew up with uh and Absolutely. Uh, whatnot and so I kind of already had you hate to use a term like following or followers, but <laughs> I already had people that enjoyed the sites that, that I made. And yeah. so when I added Winx Club to, you know, my collection of sites, you know, it was another way to introduce it uh, to people that might not have seen it yet. Or if I'm giving it attention, maybe they should check it out. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, and then definitely. of course, the more attention that my site got, the, the more that I figured, well, you know what? Michael's Wings Club might as well just be the flagship of Michael's favorites. And so that's how it become. It was always listed first and it always had, you know, the, the updates that I would show, you know, here's what's new and whatnot. Here's how many images we have so far. Oh yeah. Well, cool. Um, I would love to know, I mean, you, I mean, a, co a couple years ago, retired the site, you know, um, and, and that's fine. I mean, I'm sure it got to be, you know, a lot. Um, but what are some fan accounts today, like some Winx Club fan accounts that you still follow and that you just um, enjoy? I, I think as, you know, as the fandom grew, you know, some people got older, new people were added, you know, here and there. Uh, same was true with fan sites. Some, some would come, some would go, some would stick around. And so every now and then, you know, you would find there's that one good English site. There's that one good Spanish site. There's that one good site from Russia, you know, or, or whatnot. And one of the ones that, that I remember the most, I think, was Winx Club All uh, yes. from that more of the, the Spanish fandom side. And she was really good at, you know, keeping up with what's new and uh, new merchandise pictures and things like that. And of course, she had Twitter and Instagram and everything else to spread the news, you know, outwards like that too. So that's one of the ones that I remember the most that was like, you know, that country's uh, ambassador, if you will. <laughs> yeah, honestly, um, that's really good. That's really good. But yeah, like, I mean, there were so many sites that kind of uh, came and went and um, yours was obviously one of the longest running um, up there with some of the other ones. Uh, I mean, just a handful, really, like not, not that many. So kudos to you for keeping it up for literally 15 years. What an incredible feat. Um, we're going to take a quick break, but um, before we do, I like to give my guests a set of rapid fire Winx questions. Are you ready? Sure, let's go for it. <laughs> All right. Who's your favorite Winx member? Musa. Favorite season? Season four. 
favorite specialist or male warrior? I would say Riven. Favorite movie? Secret of the Lost Kingdom, the first one. That's the only right answer. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Favorite uh, transformation? I would say Believix. Like that one. Uh, Favorite romantic relationship? I would say Flora and Helio. It seemed like a pretty good match. Yes. Uh, Favorite villain? Ooh. I like Darcy. You know, Mm -hmm. she can be real sneaky. I mean, look what she did to Riven in season one. I mean, when you put your friends against each other, man, (laughs) look out. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Favorite pixie? Oh, Digit, hands down. Love Digit. (laughs) And then um, favorite overall fairy? My favorite overall fairy is Princess Galatea. I love Princess Galatea. And in fact, there was one scene where she transformed and her wings were literally treble clefts. I mean, that's freaking genius. It's so good. I loved that. (laughs) Oh, what a good transformation. Yes, I agree. So you really like, like, I mean, obviously you're a Lisa Ortiz fan, but also like Melody, you like, you like the Melody fairies, you know, the fairies from, from Melody or in the four kids version, they were from the Harmonic Nebula. Harmonic Nebula, right. (laughs) Yep. I think music is important in people's lives. You know, it can remind you of, you know, good times, uh, you know, singing with friends, singing in the car, singing in the shower, wherever, yeah. uh, you know, people that learn musical instruments or learn to dance or things like that, you know, it's because they want to entertain others. And so when you do that, you know, you get enjoyment out of it too. So when I saw Musa playing the flute or mm-hmm. playing the saxophone, you know, or sing it on stage. I was like, yes, I want to be there. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, I love that so much. And like, um, I, I, I love it. I have a very musical background as well. I grew up, um, dancing and, and doing, um, uh, playing guitar and I taught myself ukulele and like all the things like I just, um, I, Musa was one of my favorites growing up as well. So I love that. Um, wow, you knocked out those rapid fire questions like you knocked them out of the park. <laughs> um, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to dive into some very fun stories that Michael has for us uh, from his time with uh, his Winx Club blog, uh, Michael's Winx Club, um, and also to the years of working closely with the Winx team at Rainbow um, to putting on licensing expos with them. So stay tuned. <laughs> Hi, Lola. This is Nikki from Austria and Europe. Um, This is my message to you. Um, It's honestly just a big, big thank you to you for creating the podcast. It's been amazing to listen to it. Um, I've been a fan since the first episode aired. Um, I love to hear your thoughts and opinions and experiences, Um, especially when, like, I haven't seen a lot of people do something Wings related like that. So, yeah, it's been great. And that's why it'd be such an honor to be on it. My question that you asked on Instagram, it's what would have you done with Wings Club after The Secret of the Lost Kingdom? Like with the story, with the characters, plot um, for the following seasons as it was like the the movie was the intended ending of the whole show, but obviously it wasn't. Um, Yeah, I hope to meet you one day um, and just thank you for being an amazing Wings fan and amazing Wings friend. Bye bye. 
Thanks so much for your question, Nikki. It means so much to me that you've been listening to the show since the very first episode. Oh my goodness. And now we're almost to episode 20 of the Winx Forever podcast. What a time. Um, gosh, that is such a great question. Um, I don't know what, I mean, honestly, I probably would have had the Winx Club after they graduated at Secret of Lost Kingdom, obviously, um, bloom then gained her full enchantix i mean just seeing their lives progress after school um and after their time at althea to become the true like guardian fairies that they were supposed to be of their realms and instead of putting them back in schoolgirl uniforms and sending them back to school in the later seasons um, it would have been really cool to have seen them uh grown into adulthood and explore more um mature themes that would uh, relate to the older audiences but i guess that is what they are trying to do with faith the wink saga to whatever extent that might be <laughs> Thanks so much for your question. And if you would like to be featured on the Winx Forever podcast, be sure to hit up my speakpipe.com forward slash Winx Forever podcast and leave me a 30 second to one minute voice message with your question and who you are and where you're from. And I'd love to feature you. OG Winx fan and creator of popular Winx fan site, Michael's Winx Club. Michael, uh, your website was like just up there with all the majorly popular Winx sites, such as um, Winx Club Live Journal, which um, shut down, gosh, like just a couple years before yours, um, like in 2017. Um, Una di Noi, uh, which shut down in like 2018. But your site was that. one of the sites. Yeah, your site was like one of the sites that, I mean, really like went the distance, like lasted up until like the 15 year anniversary of Wings Club, which I mean, is just amazing. Uh, what made you start Michael's Winx Club? Like your Winx blog, like, I mean, you started it six days after the very first episode premiered. Like, I mean, what? I think, I think seeing that start? first episode just, you know, well, seeing the commercials leading up to it got my interest. And when I saw that first episode, you know, Bloom's fighting in the, you know, in the park uh, and whatnot. And then Stella shows up and she's got her staff and all. And I'm like, hey, this is cool. You know, so I really got into it and I says, you know what? I like this. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to make a website for it. And so it took me a while to come up with a design. You know, I, I had the, the screen capture. So I had imagery to start with. And of course it being so new, you're researching, trying to find pictures. What can I use? What, what backgrounds am I going to use? You know, what's it going to look like? And so when you're starting from scratch, you can have all kinds of ideas. Yeah you know, as a manager, make those decisions and then, you know, press forward, right? So uh, that's what I did. And, you know, the, the more I learned, the, the better I got at it. And, you know, as things progressed, more got added to it and whatnot. I really enjoyed doing the screenshots for it because you can relive the episode without having to see it. Um, one of the challenging things was recording the wave files for all the commercials because there were so many commercials and there were different ones all the time yeah. sometimes if you didn't catch them that one or two weeks they aired you never saw them again 
you know, so I was real big on, you know, every new episode preview, uh, every promo, I tried to capture them as, as best I could. Um, when you're thinking about making a website, when you want somebody to visit it, you have to provide something that's unique, you know, something that's, you know, only your site has or only something your site does best or, you know, better, whatnot. And so I was like, you know what? When I was doing my card captors website, you know, I was real big in the merchandise section because it was so much out of Japan. I was like, you know what? I wonder what's out there, you know? And so I started doing the research. I was seeing what was on the store shelves at Walmart, you know, and, and Toys R Us from Mattel back then and, uh, you know, gathering the materials and all. So to, to put something together. So it essentially became like a historical archive, if you will, uh, of all the different versions of dolls and uh, what companies made them and where can you find them and uh, dolls is just one thing. I mean, I had pictures for shoes and jewelry and whatever you could think of, you know, it was there. And then on top of that, I was like, you know what? I bet if I'm into it this much, others might be too. I said, you know, I might as well start a news page and keep track of, you know, what's what's out there, what's happening in the, the, the Winx universe and, and all that stuff, just to keep people informed. And by doing that, that gave you something new to see each time you came to visit. So that became a, you know, a real good theme. I said, you know, I better keep this news page updated because there's lots happening out there. And yeah. if you're not committed to do the research and find stuff every day, you know, then like, why bother? You know, and so, so a lot of people don't know, but, you know, I did the, the entire website by myself. So it was just me. So anytime wow. fans yeah. sent me news and I posted it, I made sure to give them credit because I knew I couldn't do it on my own. And so, you know, some fans wanted to be anonymous. That's OK. If you don't want your name out there, no problem stuff. But I was very big on giving credit where credit is due. And if you sent me something to use on my news page or or post in the merchandise section or, or whatever, um, you got credit for it. I was real big on that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like that's something that, I mean, with the like popularity of the internet, just, I mean, exploding over the past decade, um, you know, like it just, I mean, fan sites and fan accounts and everything just kind of like exploded with it. And um, I feel like that's something that's really lost nowadays is just that integrity um of of the fan reshare and and all of that and people stealing content and it's right. just really messy you know and so I feel like that's very you know like honorable um mm -hmm. because yeah like it's it's something that is so lost on this new like generation um I feel like of fans um so man I mean come on guys learn something from this <laughs> credit <laughs> your people right yeah I remember back in the day too we would make you know, standard size button images and banner images that people could use to post on other fan sites to advertise and say, hey, I'm a friend of them. We have the same values. We share the same, you know, likes and dislikes and whatnot. And so, you know, having that affiliate program was also important, you know, too, because you're saying that, you know, I'm friends with their site and, you know, they do some of the same things that I do. And that's just spreading the love out there. Now, as the internet grew and you know things like that, there was a newer generation that felt, well, if it's on the internet, I can take whatever I want, repost it wherever I want, whenever I wanted. And you know, that was 
a real bummer. And there were a lot of times where I found news and it would take me several days before I could get permission from the owner of the image to reuse it. Yeah. And so, you know, it wasn't one of those that I was just going and taking whatever I found and reposting it. You know, there were a lot of times where there was some negotiating, you know, involved or, or asking for permission to do the right thing. And one of the things that me personally that I disliked the most on my site was having to put the Michael's Winstub label on an image. Yeah. But it was one of those where, you know, if people thought that they could just steal whatever they wanted, didn't matter who owned it or, or not, and reposted, it was one of those things that just left a bad taste in your mouth, you know? So I hated labeling the images, but I had to protect my work at the same time because yeah. it's just me. And, you know, if, if I go and just take somebody else's images and repost them, how does that make my site unique if I'm just using someone else's content? Oh my gosh, you are preaching. Oh my gosh. Yes. I mean, and it's, and it's so hard. Like you said, like, I mean, these, um, people think that everything on the internet is just theirs for the taking and it's not true. Like, I mean, it, it is, it builds better community when you ask permission and when you like look out for one another, because then, yeah, then you have, you know, kind of like the shared interest and the shared, um, stake in the content, like, it's so important to, and I cannot stress this enough, especially like personally being friends with like so many Winx artists and um, bloggers and comic writers. Like, I mean, the, uh, the sheer amount of like, just like theft <laughs> volume and, and is just absolutely insane. And like, there are accounts that have, I mean, just thousands and thousands of followers of, and it's just reposted content. And it's like, why? <laughs> what is exactly. happening? Yeah. So anytime uh, I had like a fan art contest, I would think of a subject or a topic that wasn't out there. So it wasn't like you could just take somebody else's fan art, submit it to the contest and hope to win, you know, but you know, some people claim that was another trick of mine to get more followers was have contests and give away free Winx merchandise. I was like, well, no, but it was nice to give back to the community. Yeah. And, you know, i had all kinds of extra stuff. There was, there was a time where every year I was bringing sets of Winx uh, Club dolls for the Christmas Marine Corps Toys for Tots and just yeah. donating them so that underprivileged children you know, could have the chance to have a fairy too. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. And I mean, there's going to be people that say, you know, stuff like that, like, oh, you're just doing this for cloud. Oh, you're just doing this. Like, I mean, and I mean, some of that you just have to, I mean, it sounds like, like you did, like, just kind of let it roll off your shoulders and just keep doing you. And yeah, I feel always like that's be haters, but you know, you <laughs> yeah. just gotta believe in yourself. That's why season four meant so much, you know, the, the believe it's that power of believing in yourself, you know, you're the sum of your parts, you know, inner strength, things like that. That's why season four to me was the most impactful. Yes. Oh, and just even. I mean, I remember season four, uh, like it being just like a light at the end of the tunnel for me. Cause I didn't know. I mean, I knew because I was kind of like on all the different Winx fan sites, getting all the information, you know, um, no, like I knew because of like sites like yours that, I mean, that Winx was coming back. Um, I had someone at rainbow that I would communicate through email with, you know, that, 
um they would you know give me little tidbits and stuff so that's how I knew about like the secret of lost kingdom and you know stuff like that right. we didn't have any of that in America you know and like um I remember watching secret of lost kingdom um in Italian for the first right. time and some bootleg you know YouTube copy <laughs> right with the, the Winx power show the Winx on ice you know that the, the Winx fashion shows you know it was all those things that, that we weren't getting it was like ah, oh, we want more winks and you know they had it over there why can't we get it over here and uh so anytime there was like the the winks mall sh- uh tour uh, yeah. i had to like travel up to pennsylvania because it was the closest one uh to where i live just so that i could go to the mall you know and um you know, see whatever show they were doing and stuff and you know try to win the raffle and things like that um funny story with that they had this little pink TV that was sitting on the table and they were showing this like Winks, you know, demo reel or something to promote the show. And at one point there was a screen that went across and it was Stella and her Enchantix. And it was the first time that I had ever saw it. And back then I had a flip phone, so no camera. Right. So I had my other camera hanging on me. So it was on like a 10 minute loop. So I'm trying to time it, holding my camera up to the TV you know, and, and trying to get that shot because it goes pretty quick, you know, just so I could post a news thing. It took me four times before I got the right picture just so that I could repost and say, hey, look, I saw something new. My goodness, that's so incredible. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah. We didn't have anything like that that I can remember in like the Southeast where I live. Um, and it's, it's really sad, you know, to think about like, I mean, and especially, I mean, I was like, I was nine when Wings Club premiered, you know, like I was, I was barely, I was not even in middle school yet. And so, um, of course, like my access to some things like that would have been limited anyway, you know, to the um, will of my parents. But I mean, and that's when really like, I mean, I, I have the unique, I feel like I'm like one of the, I'm, I'm the uh, youngest millennial there is like I'm like literally like I was born at the cutoff year <laughs> of like <laughs> of the cutoff year you could be a millennial right. and so but like the the unique thing that like millennials like the young millennials like me have is like we grew up with both you know not having internet and then having internet you know like right. I remember when I couldn't get on wingsclub.com because my mom was on the phone you know like and we had dial up <laughs> like, right right um, yeah I remember too was trying to when did I have time to FTP the files yes. up to post the you know, before someone had to use the phone, you know, because yes. we only had like the one line and stuff. Oh yeah, I remember those days. You know, you could tell people like I'm older than Google and like, no, you're not. It's like yes. you don't understand. Like, like, well, uh, I'm older yes. than the iPhone. You, you know, like, no, you're not. It's only been around this long, you know. Oh my gosh. I remember being um so little and on my family you know the family computer you know watching wings club videos on this brand new thing called youtube and it just being like i just remember uh, thinking to myself like man i wish that i had my own computer and i could set the background to whatever i want and it would be all wings club all the time and like i just had this vision of like and i would be a reporter and i would have my own website and all this stuff and like to think about that now and i'm like little little me would have loved that like (laughs) would have would have loved to have known like that i grew up and like i'm still watching wings club and still am 
so like invested in it. And um, I don't know, it's just like really fun to think about like how your younger self and like, I mean, so many years ago when it's aired, like saying like, this is a special thing and you're going to, it's going to be a part of the rest of your life. And that's, I don't know, that's so special. Right. Yeah. A lot of cartoons will come and go. Uh, you know, some will have, you know, big fan communities, some not so much. It just depends on the timing, you know, the, the hit or miss, what's going on in the world at the time. Right. You know, things like that. You think of shows like, uh, or even games like Pac-Man. You know, yes. Pac-Man's been around for a long time and people recognize the name and stuff. So getting that name recognition, you know, anywhere, you know, nowadays with so much content out there, you know, for, for Winx to have lasted this long is, is amazing. Yeah. 17 years. Actually, more than that, because there was a development stage before that. Right. Yeah, you know, absolutely. So, had to, you know, so, so people tell me well, all the time, it's like, well, you're an adult. Like, you watch cartoons and stuff. It's like, well, you know, adults are the ones that create the cartoons. They're the ones doing the drawings. They're the ones doing the storyboards, the, the editing room, the, the music, right. the, you know, all of it. So it's like, they're all adults, you know? Um, <laughs> you think about some of the, like, even the Japanese anime and stuff, there's huge uh, fandoms they're all adults all of them yeah and so yeah, yeah. I know. So it's and like it's... who says you have to outgrow cartoons i mean you know i'll grab a dvd off the shelf put it in and you know have some nostalgia super friends or whatever yes. you know spider-man yeah. is amazing friends you know growing up with the classics you know he-man she-ra thundercats gi joe transformers i mean you know it's a part of your life so say, same with winx club you know you watched it because you enjoyed it yeah Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. And um, I was also like in high school and then into college. Um, I loved My Little Pony. Like that was like a thing, like a, just a fun thing that me and my best friend enjoyed together. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, we would get all the things of like, oh, are you a brony? And it's like, first of all, it's called Pegasister. And no, <laughs> leave me alone. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah, like let people enjoy what they enjoy. Like, I mean, it's not hurting you. <laughs> like, chill out. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> The season four was your favorite season um, and it holds a close like thing to my heart too because I mean growing up in America like we mentioned like we didn't have a lot of what oh I just hit my thing we didn't have a lot of the stuff that um, that Europe got and and you know Russia and a bunch of other um, kind of uh, uh, territories but um, we did have the internet and the internet I mean I mean by that was like 20 or 2008, 2009. Um, like by that time, like YouTube was off and running. Um, you know, we had access now to things that we, you know, was going on over there um, more so than kind of prior mm -hmm. years. So, I mean, I remember uh, just seeing the opening of like season four and it's like Winks were back again. Like me thinking that like, Wings Club was over after Secret of Lost Kingdom. Like me thinking that like season three was it. Like I was just like elated. <laughs> like it was just I couldn't like believe. Like it was so sweet. Like just even the intro was just like Winks, we're back again. I was like, <laughs> I, I loved it. Yeah, that's my favorite opening 
theme song as well. And how fun was it to meet Roxy? Oh I mean, my gosh. Roxy was awesome. Yeah, when she was like, I don't want anything to do with this fairy business. You know, I got my own animals to take care of and stuff. And yeah, I love that it was like literally the exact opposite of like Bloom when she found out she was a fairy. She was like, um, I don't I'm have all time in. for any of this. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Roxy was literally like, um, no thanks. And Bloom's like, this is what I've been training for. Like, this is like right. my whole life. <laughs> right. But you know, all the things that they introduced in that season, there was so much there. You had the love and pet. You had the beauty music bar. Oh. Uh, I think they had the... The, the concert or the, the rock um, line. And then of course the regular Believix line and stuff. Yes. So I mean, uh, like they had a lot of material to work with. And then of course the, the ever so unfortunate like loss of one of our beloved characters. Uh, like what on earth? Like people are like, oh, you watch a kid's show is like, listen, <laughs> this stuff is deep. <laughs> like right. people literally die in this right. show. <laughs> we have feelings. Like when they cry, we cry. You know, <laughs> we don't want them to break up. What are you doing? Why is Raven and Lisa fighting again? Like, come on, can't we all get along? <laughs> oh man, I know. But, you I know, know, at the same time too, Musa and Riven showed, you know, life's not perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to have differences of opinion. You're going to have different likes and dislikes and stuff. So it, it kind of gave a little realism, you know, to this fantasy world we were enjoying. <laughs> you know, not every couple is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's a fair point. I, it's funny because the fandom, especially nowadays, are always like, well, Ribbon and Muser are so toxic. It's like, well, yes, true. But there are toxic people in the world. And like, we have to learn about them too. <laughs> so, yeah. well, so Riven was my favorite, you know, male specialist. And, and here's why. He never thought he was, you know, the guy, you know, the, the alpha or, you know, he was always shooting to be better. You know, he was always trying to be, you know, number one. And if he couldn't beat Brandon, then he needed to go practice, you know. And, and so he, his character had a lot of depth to it. Oh, whereas yeah. some yeah. of the other characters, everything was peachy. And it's like, that's not how the world works, you know? And so um, Riven, you know, was, he had inner challenges that he had to overcome. And that's what made his character believable when you watch the show. So you're right, like there's some deep feelings, you know, that you want him to succeed. And crap, he lost another sword fight. And he's like, well, you know, back to practice. You know, if at first you don't succeed, you know, try again. He did also have some not so redeeming qualities. I mean, there was the whole like he like att- sent his dragon to attack Sky. Like, I mean, you know, he had he had some pitfalls, but I mean, but don't we all? <laughs> right, it, exactly. So he might have needed a little more supervision. <laughs> but um, you know, overall, you can't fault him for you know trying. Now, of course. Cheating is not the answer, obviously. We all know that. So there are other ways. But, you know, if you did your best, you know, and, and still got second place, that means you beat everybody that was below you. you know? So second place is not the end of the world. And yeah. That also gives you a goal to shoot for for next time. Yeah, honestly. So that helped Riven be that, you know, an overall character that had a lot of room to grow. Yeah. Um, something that I would love to get like kind of your input on since you were introduced to, I mean, Wings Club through the four kids version, like myself, Mm -hmm. I mean, 
after you learned that there were so many different, I mean, dubs, obviously across the world, but that our dub, <laughs> the four kids dub, our dub, right. um, had the most liberties taken with it. Um, what was kind of your reaction with that? What did you feel or think about? Um, and which one do you prefer more? So some people don't know or understand that. So here in the U.S. or region one, you know, there's a certain amount of screen time and a certain amount of commercial time. So in other countries, they might have more airtime to a show. So something has to get cut to make it fit in the USA time slot, if you will or the timing. So when you go to the shows or you see advertisings and they say, you know, a, a 26 episode season, 26 minutes each, you know, that's it's 26 minutes an episode. But if you only have room for 24 minutes, something's gotta, gotta get cut. So I remember it was a season two episode, you know, with the Pixies. I love the Pixies. They were awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so in, in season two, when they introduced like all these new characters of Pixies, I was like, wow. There's some creative people over there. Look at all these new characters. So there was an episode I saw from the, the RAI version. It's like the Euro English, I think is what people refer to it sometimes. Yeah. There was an episode where I think it was Livy. She smacked Piff. And then Piff was crying. And then the next scene, you see them all pop up out of the bush and they're all smiling like nothing happened. I'm like, what the heck? And I don't remember that scene. So when I saw the USA version, they had cut that part out. And I was like, you know what? It's a good thing they did because I liked the episode better without that slap in there. Oh, yeah. And like when and and the fact that they um, erased the slap that Musa gave Icy in the first season. Um, and instead she cast a spell on her. She didn't slap her. Oh. Yeah, they like cut it to where she went like, you know, <gasps> one of those. Yeah. And it was like, oh, look, there's a wart on your side of your... Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Instead yeah. of a big handprint there from where she slapped her. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, for for your audience, they have to understand USA's audience and their censorships and, you know, all that garbage that they have to, to deal with. You don't want to set a bad example, you know, for kids to do what they see on TV, if you will. So if she cast a spell... And a wart showed up on her face that's a little more believable and not, you know, saying that you're going to go and slap your sister or whatever. <laughs> right. <laughs> just because Musa did it, you know. Yeah. And, and that's totally something I would have gotten in trouble for. Like, well, Musa mm-hmm. did it, you know, like as a kid yeah. and it would have been put in timeout yeah. or something. So. <laughs> and, and the only other big edits I remember was when Nickelodeon picked up the show and they wanted to fast track the first and second season so they could get on with the new stuff. Yeah. And so, you know, there was a concentrated effort and, you know, Rainbow was involved in all that stuff to create those mini episodes, if you will. I think they were an hour long or something. Yeah. The like Uh, TV specials. Season one or something. Right. Yeah. So it was a way to reintroduce it, uh, you know, have the new voice cast, but not bore everybody to death because they've already seen it. And now it's just (sighs) new voices. So it was a quick way to get through what's already been there. And now let's focus on the new content so that yeah, you can keep yeah. the, uh, the audience and grab a new audience. Do you think that was successful? I think so, because we were anxious to see what was new and different. And if we had to go through season one and season two all over again, and if it was one episode a week, that's like two years <laughs> you know, or, or, or 52 weeks or so one year, if they went back to back and right. you know, before we could see new stuff. And, and by then, 
some could get bored with it or time slots could move around. And so I thought it was a pretty smart move to compress what we already knew, but yet give enough so that if it was new people, because it's on Nickelodeon, so it could yeah. be a different audience, give Completely, enough to yeah. grab them. You know, um, there is enough store, uh, character backgrounds. Everybody knows who everybody is and, and get on with the new stuff. Interesting. I, I, I felt that was a pretty smart decision, but I come from it from a different point of view than others. Right. Yeah, 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 definitely. For sure. And like, um, when you look at all of the versions now, uh, what version is your favorite? Is it the four kids? Is it the Cineloom? Is it the Nickelodeon? Yeah, it's, it's a hard choice because we didn't have four kids dub all of it. So right. you can only make your decision based on four kids doing, you know, season one, two, you know, and that's kind of it. And yeah. so when you get to the rest, now you have a different voice cast. And so is it because you like the episodes better or the theme better or the voices better? It's a tough call. I think I started with the four kids version and that's what got me hooked. So I think that's where, you know, my first love, I, I guess, comes from. Yeah. But I remember when they cast the the Nickelodeon voice actresses Top and you know, they, they all formed a, you know, a friendly group real quick and they were happy to promote the show on their own social media and stuff too. Oh, yeah. um, you know, even Molly C. Quinn, who was the voice of Blue, she was at the San Diego Comic-Con where they were giving out the, the, the raffle for the one gold version of yes. Bloom and she was willing to sign it for oh, free for yeah. whoever won the raffle and Whoever they chose wasn't there. We were all like bummed and stuff, trying to watch a live, <laughs> you know. But um, Alessandra, or Alexandra, I think she was the voice of Flora. Yes, yes. She had so like the sweet. Flora banner on her Twitter account. And yes. Stuff. Oh my gosh. She so, to this day, like, I feel like is still like one of the most approachable. Like, oh my gosh, she she's incredible. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Romy Dames, I think who did the voice <gasps> of Lisa. I, I think she nailed it pretty good too. Oh, she After is incredible. The the kind of like bond also that those um, voice actresses like formed as the as our favorite fairies. You know, it was it was so sweet, and it almost it reminds me now of like kind of the bond that we're seeing formed on the cast of the Fate the Wink Saga. I mean, like it's right. It's so special, and like it's right. it's. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it, it's not just a job to them. You know, it's, it's right. their new family. You know, they're happy to be there and stuff. So you don't see a lot of that in the industry. You know, yeah. you, you do one job, you move to the next one, or you hope you get another season so you keep getting your paycheck, you know. But, you know, in the voice acting world, you know, that, that's a totally different way of production than right. live action and stuff. So, you know, when you have a nice knit group of people that do voice acting. You know, another good example is those that did voices on the Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. Yes. You know, they oh had a gosh, real yes. good, tight knit group of people. So when they get together at a convention, you know, they're they're kicking back, having a good time. You know, and they're down to earth people. You know, they're just they're just like us. Absolutely. You know, and I think you know who when who Nickelodeon cast for the for the different voices. I thought fit pretty well. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, as an OG winkster and as someone that is very well versed with the four kids version, um, do you think that the liberties that they did take with changing the, some of the 
storyline or they didn't that's okay that's my thing with it a lot of people have this misconception about the four kids version I feel like and I just got really defensive about it because it's literally (laughs) so close to my heart but I feel like they have this misconception of it because um they're like oh well they changed so much in it but then they can't name five things that they changed you know like they haven't taken the time to actually like watch all of it and actually appreciate it and what's so funny is that um Stella um uh fairy of magics um was messaging me on instagram the other day and she's like i am re-watching four kids version of wings club she's like and i can't believe all of the like attention to detail that it took to have to completely like rearrange the whole series like not the whole series but like just rearrange like episodes like the edits that they did the cuts that they did like I mean, the dialogue, like it was all so um, like well done and it took a lot, you know, like it wasn't just like they redubbed it, like they reorchestrated it almost. Right. Yeah, I oh, remember. I- <laughs> One of my favorite episodes was Hollow Winks. Ah. So, you know, in that episode, there were so many Easter eggs and um, you had the, the one little pixie that would kept changing her outfits and stuff. Oh my gosh, I can't remember her name, but I can see her clear as day. So when I saw Jolly, the, 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 that's it. Yes. Is it Jolly? I think so, yeah, because she did the tarot card reading, right? Yeah, I thought, I thought. Oh, no, no, no. It was She Zane. was the one who had the, the glasses. Yeah, it was the little Zane. bumblebee. Yeah. 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 Jolly, Zane I think, was the name. clown one or something. Yeah, Jolly yeah. was the clown one, and she did the little tarot card reading in the beginning of the show to the to that pixie and she was like freaked out and she's also the pixie that went to cloud tower with them right yeah okay so in halloween you know (laughs) there were some changes because for example there's one scene where um the pixie's dressed up as spider-man you know for licensing copyright stuff whatever you know that was an easy cut there was another character that was dressed up as freddy krueger and if you see the episode, you see, I think they colored his shirt like solid and they got rid of his wrinkle on his face or something like that or the colored yeah. claws or whatever. You know, those kinds of edits, those are fine, you know, because it is geared towards children, you know, and things, so little stuff like that, it's not a big deal. Yeah. You know, for wow. me. But, you know, I'm old enough you know, and mature enough to appreciate it, you know, and so when I see it, I'm not trying to call out flaws or, you know, right, right. negative about it. Um, I think that was something else too that attracted people to my site was that I promoted the show. I didn't try to discredit the show. Right. Oh, that's that's really sweet. That's a really sweet sentiment. I feel like I get um very not. I feel like I get very um critical, especially in the past couple of years of um kind of where the franchise is now as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to catch myself and like, just remember why, like, I love being a part of this fandom, um, and, and why I've stuck with this franchise for even this right. long is because of the original series, because of, of the stories that told and because of all the things right. that it's brought me right. through, you know, mm-hmm. and, and just to yeah, appreciate see, that. Yeah. When we see bloom, we know what bloom looks like. And when you go through all the different series, there weren't that many changes, you know, to their look other than like their hair or something like that. Now, Musa, right. if you watch in the beginning, you can see where her eyes are a little 
you know, closer. And as, as yeah. the series went on, she got bigger and bigger eyes. Mm -hmm. and I'm going to recognize that from like Japanese anime because right. of the detail they put in their eyes. And so as the goes along, we're used to seeing the Winx characters look a certain way. Mm -hmm. And for shows to survive, a lot of times you might hear they got to refresh or rebrand or redesign or reboot. I'm not, I hate that word. Like, let's reboot it. Like, why reboot it? What's wrong with the way it was? Right, yeah. So when season eight came out and it had a different look and feel to it, it's trying to mm -hmm. appeal to a new audience. And those of us that were, you know, in the fandom for a long time, you know, we felt that, you know, why change what was working? Yeah. You know, but, but again, too, we're not the decision makers. You know, mm -hmm. we're not the creative people. We're not the ones seeing the marketing uh, dollars and, you know, things like that. So yeah, because to look at it from a business point of view. Right. Yeah. Look at how many times Ben 10 changed or Ninja oh, Turtles. Yeah. How many different incarnations of TMNT are there? So many. Oh my right. gosh. <laughs> right. So, you know, as the times change, as technology improves, as different audiences grow up and new ones come out, you know, you sometimes some people feel you, you change to adapt to survive. And when you look at the animation industry, even the movie entertainment industry, it is brutal. I mean, oh, yeah. you, you have to know what you're doing and have connections and have that business sense and things like that. It's not just, yeah. you know, er, pretend everything's dory and well, I'll be millionaires. It doesn't work that way. Right. I know. I know. <laughs> one, of my, business. one of my favorite movies of all times was an absolute flop in the box office. It was the like 2007 Speed Racer movie. Mm -hmm. Um with John Goodman. Oh my God. It was like one of my favorite films. I still to this day can like quote it. Oh my gosh. I'm such a nerd, but like, yeah. And like, like you said, like I would have never known that it was a flop, you know, but like they obviously didn't go on to make a second one because it didn't make enough money in the box office. There wasn't enough right. like, you know, stuff. So yeah, like things like that, we just don't ever know what is going on behind the scenes. And we I mean, there's no way to tell what that is. I mean, so really just kind of taking it all in for what it is and what it is to you, I feel like it's kind of the best strategy. Right. Yeah. If, if you liked it and you watched it and you enjoyed it and it made you happy, then who cares what somebody else thinks? Right. right? Yeah. You know, if you like a movie and somebody else didn't, so what? right that's why i never trust rotten tomato <laughs> yeah if you don't like it you don't yeah. have to watch it so don't waste my time trashing it you know i like it so i enjoy it so that's just all there is if, right. if someone doesn't like week's club okay fine don't watch it you know? <laughs> i mean go watch something else absolutely um another thing that people have beef with with the four kids version is the like changes to the names like obviously like everyone slams like four kids version for renaming Layla but like everybody renamed Layla except for the original Italian mm -hmm. um and then like Sparks instead of Domino you know those are things the Harmonic Nebula um Tecna was from the third vector of the binary galaxy you know so it's like <laughs> So many different things like that. Like Flora was from uh, Marigold, like not even like Linthea until, you know, the, um, until season three, it was called Linthea, but right. um, yeah, but you know, just stuff like that. Like people have beef with like that, but like, I feel like those are very like trivial things and that the core essence of the show was not lost at all or else I don't think that, I mean, I don't know, like it's, it, 
it's, it's still the same show. It still has the same core. Right. Yeah. When you, if, if you watch the four kids version and that's what you first saw and, and grew up with and enjoyed the show from the beginning, you know, you didn't know there was any other version, no. you know, and until you, you know, research surf the internet and find out that, oh, hey, they named it something else over here. Well, right. okay. You know, either that makes you angry or you're like, great, you know, we have two different versions. Okay. You know, right. yeah. What a fun um, piece of trivia. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> it just depends on when you have a show and you're licensing it out across the country, across the world, essentially, you know, what creative um, requirements do those companies have when they, you know, dub something? So you might have seen some of the Pixar movies where they have, you know, the, the behind the scenes stuff. And if something was um, shown here in America and when they show it in Japan, they might have a rice ball instead of a donut or something. Yeah. You know, it, it's things like that. You've seen in the Pokemon, they do that and yeah. stuff because yeah. American children don't know what a rice ball is. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's everywhere. Especially you know, not so, in, you know, 2004, like, gosh, you know, like. <laughs> right. Right. So if renaming a city, uh, you know, Domino or changing Gardena or whatever, you know, that's just trivial stuff. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. It, 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 does, it, doesn't, it doesn't bother me. I enjoy the show as a whole. And if I learn more about it and there's a different version over here, then it's nice to see what's different because that's something yeah. new for you to see. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's been really fun for me going back, especially with like my little like trivia things on my Instagram, like going back and one, I have to research those so much because people will call me out so quick, <laughs> which like, thank you. Like, I'm glad that they do, you know, because I want to be held accountable for and make it all fun for everybody. Um, but at the same time, yeah, I have to like make sure I know my stuff. So right. <laughs> um, I'm like researching, I'm cross re referencing. Wow, that was, I can't talk. <laughs> Good thing I have a was, podcast. <laughs> yeah. It was the same thing on my side too. If I use trivia as one of the contests for like my website anniversary yeah. or something, you know, I had to make sure that the answers, there was only one answer, you know, or if I was displaying a bunch of screenshots and it was like, you know, name that episode. You know, it had to be the USA title. Like, you had to make the rules pretty clear. Yeah. And stuff. So, yeah, um, people can get real nitpicky when it comes to the trivia, especially those that grew up with Star Trek and all. You oh, know, you yeah, know, Star for Trek sure. trivia contests, you know. Well, when it's a show that's so, you know, close to you, like, obviously, like, you know, all the stuff for it. Like, right, I right. mean, you, I mean, that's like a pride thing. Like, right. you, that's something special, you know, like. Or you think, you know, till you see one of your <laughs> trivias and you're like, crap, was that really three or four? You know, and you're, you're trying to remember all that, you know, long ago. Uh, and it's, it's really funny i tell people all the time it's like you know you can google this stuff they're like that's cheating and i'm like well not really i did right. it <laughs> to yeah find these, you you know, know. <laughs> i remember doing the trivia it was like all the answers can be found on my website you just have to go find it go digging yeah right, it's exactly. just using your resources <laughs> yeah incredible well um before we wrap up this part because man we have so much to talk about and um and we will, we will, we will get to even more. Um, I would love to know like what your thoughts are on Faith the Wink saga. This is a, I'm throwing you a curveball. <laughs> oh, so I did watch it. And I remember when the, the marketing staff at Rainbow were posting screenshots that it was number one in Turkey, number one in Russia, number one in all these different 
uh, countries. And I didn't see USA listed. I was like, why the, why is, you know, they not listed? And it was like a day later or so when it became number one on Netflix. And I took a picture with my phone and, and sent it to him. It says, we finally got there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I did watch it. And I could tell right away that it was kind of a, a cross between um, Harry Potter and it was something else. It's escaping me at the moment, but I could tell it was for a more mature audience. So like those that grew up with Winks, we knew who the characters were. And now you've got a more down to earth version that of course still had magic in it, but you know, they're mm -hmm. not flying. There's no wings or anything, which, you know, spoiler alert. Okay. Like, you know, you see one at the end. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a different way, like another way to reboot rebrand, refresh, whatever, a different way to tell the story, but still live in the same universe. Yeah. So you still had specialists, you know, you still had you know, teachers at Alfia, you know, whatnot. Now, whether the kids came from different places or, you know, whichever, like they didn't use Flora, they had a, a girl named Tara, which to me was fine. You know, they were adding a new element to the show and I thought she nailed it perfectly. Yeah. You know, and so you know, with every show, you're going to have things you like, things you don't like and whatnot. I wasn't a big fan of the killing at the end, you know? So, okay. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. So when, when they, you know, <laughs> Honestly, if they haven't Miss seen Maragonda it yet. <laughs> was, was up in the air and then she like, this is oh. I was like, yeah. oh my God, this is like, this is deep. I, what's, what's, a, what's a thing to end a series or a season? Like, I mean, are you kidding me? I was yeah. like, you know, already, I was emotionally recovering from like the montage at the Peter's home. And right. then they give me that. And I'm like, right. what am I supposed to do with this information? Yeah. Now it was a real great cliffhanger. Oh you know, yeah, they for sure. They totally had plenty of material to lead into a season two. And with the uh, feedback and stuff that Rainbow's received, of course, there will be a season two, and that's probably already been spoiled already, because oh, I think yeah. they're changing like fashion designers or something. But you know, ov overall, I enjoyed it. I thought it was entertaining. Uh, it is for an older audience, so I, I would give that. So that's why there's the World of Winks, you know, mm -hmm. for the younger kids on Netflix. And so, yes. So. Yep, the dreamix. Oh, I know. Oh, I love World of Wings. It's it is like for a younger demo, demo, but like the art style is one of my all-time favorites and yep. it's just so pretty and, and clean. I remember uh, seeing that their final form in the wings and I remember standing on a chair on uh, the day before the expo and I'm holding my camera up to the TV to record it so I could get the screenshot from the trailer they were playing. So when I posted it it was huge news because no one knew oh yeah what the dream looked like so you know that was a big you know news attention getter oh yeah know, there when i when i broke that news <laughs> incredible well one last question can you believe that 17 years later we're still talking about winx club like can you believe it isn't that amazing it shows the powerhouse of what you can do you know with a a single thought you know, um, Mr. Straffy had to have the idea, you know, you had to build on it. You have to create a Bible. You know, what are the characters' backgrounds? What do they look like? You know, where are they? You know, 
what kind of stories are going to have the villains and stuff and so it gives you a baseline that you can build off of so as you mm-hmm. saw like when we got season two we got all those pixies and stuff i mean that's a lot of new characters to essentially refresh the show off the bat yeah. you know and then as as we went along um you know enchantix was the first you know real big transformation you had the bigger wings and stuff you know and that was a big new thing so they were able to build on something as they went along and as you got more fandom you know that of course had more money so when you have more money you can do more things you know so that brings you back to the Winx power show the Winx on ice more chances to get out there and expose it to more fans and the more fans you have, the more that are watching, the ratings are higher. That means more advertising dollars. That means more merchandise. You know, they all work together. That's why I said, like, the entertainment industry is brutal. And if you don't know what you're doing, you know, you can crash and burn real quick. Or you can be real successful and be like the number 16 or 15 company in the world as far as profit. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. What an incredible time and an incredible show and just an incredible conversation we've been having. And I am super excited to continue our conversation in the next episode because we have way too much to cover. (laughs) So, um, well, friends, uh, we're going to have to pause here, but we will continue our conversation with Michael because like I said, he has yet to share um, some just amazing stories he has uh, for us, including meeting the creator of Winx Club himself, Eugenio Straffi. So see you next time. I always say, see you next time in my first take. And I'm like, I'm not seeing I'm not anybody. See you. It's a podcast. <laughs> I'll see you when I see you. <laughs> uh, why do I do this? I do this every time. I need to make a note. It's like saying, I'll speak at you later. It's like what, through the phone? You know? It's like, or... uh... <laughs> it's like it's like it's like when you say to your waiter when he says enjoy your food and you say you too i'm like ah! <laughs> no <laughs> thanks for listening you've enjoyed this episode of the winks forever podcast be sure to follow or subscribe to the show on your preferred streaming platform to be notified when new episodes drop Join in on the conversation when you follow at Winx Forever Podcast on social media. The theme for the Winx Forever Podcast is the song She Makes Magic by Big Wild.